Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. All right, let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Inside Try Show, powered by 33fuel.com, powerful, tasty and natural sports nutrition. I am Helen Murray. Thank you very much for listening. Now, I've had a lot of people asking, who is that guy on the intro? No, it's not the mysterious rich also known as my husband and um, I'm actually going to keep you guessing for a bit so let's just leave it as mystery intro guy does that sound all right (laughs) anyway I've had loads of great feedback from you from the interview in episode seven with Pete Jacobs so thank you very much for getting involved on Instagram or social media by tagging at inside try show and if you haven't heard it yet then do go back and listen to that episode with Pete it's really fascinating anyway coming up on this week's show when I'm packing I'm like oh this is great and I always I'm a bit OCD with it I suppose I always have it all laid out on the bed before it goes into the suitcase and I'm always pretty optimistic oh I think I've done a great job this time and like put it in and then all of a sudden I'm trying to like jump on the suitcase to get the zips closed um, I guess I like to be prepared and uh, traveling so much you kind of need to have you need winter stuff you need summer and running stuff and biking stuff it kind of just really I guess adds up yep you're going to get the ins and outs of life on the ITU circuit with Australia's Commonwealth and World Championship medalist Jake Bert Whistle. he won in Leeds last year actually and he comes from a real running pedigree so you're going to hear all about that I just want to give a massive shout out before I carry on to Charlotte Dad, who has just become a Patreon of the show she signed up to be a Vino buddy so thank you very much Charlotte if you want to do the same and you want to join her or you want to become a coffee buddy or a training buddy then head over to patreon.com forward slash inside try show and do sign up. It makes a massive difference. And I'm really, really grateful for everyone's support so far who has signed up. 
it just means that hopefully I'm going to be able to continue to do this weekly rather than go to fortnightly. We'll we'll see. But that's my intention. So, yep, if you can help, then head to patreon.com forward slash inside try show and just buy me a coffee every month. That'd be amazing. Anyway, hopefully you are getting back into the swing of things after the Christmas break. Don't tell me you've already had lane rage or gym rage from the January gym and swim goers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Anyway, I have been doing uh, bits of training because I mentioned last week that I am going to be doing Lakesman. I still haven't yet signed up for the full, but but I have emailed to find out about upgrading my entry from the half iron distance to the full distance. So um, yeah, the intention is definitely there. And I reckon over the next week, I will probably do that. Um, but this week for me has probably been a, a week of first so far. I've done my first yoga class with actual people. <laughs> first yoga class of the year I should say um yeah actual people it makes a bit of a difference to uh YouTube yoga and I, I do quite like a bit of YouTube yoga if I don't have time then uh the ones that I prefer are yoga with Adrian but I do quite like a bit of yoga with Tim he's quite good looking so if you do want a bit of YouTube yoga then uh, yeah you could do worse than googling yoga with Tim <laughs> I've had a big full-on sweat fest on the turbo. That was grim. Uh, I've just done my first Nordic walking class of the year today, and it took me about an hour to defrost afterwards. I think my waterproof jacket is not quite as waterproof as uh, I think it is. I've been down to London, so I've done my first audio recording session of the year at East Nine. It's a, a running coaching app. You can go and check it out. It's pretty cool. I have also done the first aid course. Oh, yes. I'm hopefully going to be a, a qualified first aider again. Um, yeah, the less said about that, the better. Uh, so I think we are back to normal Murray madness. And are there loads of people who have gone vegan for the month? Yeah? No? I think about three years ago, we made a conscious decision to eat less meat. And if we were going to eat, meat then we would get it from the butchers so a lot of the food that we eat is vegetarian um definitely but quite honestly I like yogurt I like cheese so I I don't intend to go vegan um and I do go along everything in moderation that's just me if you are trying to be a little bit more conscious though about what you're eating and perhaps you are trying to be a bit more veggie or a bit more vegan uh, then do go out and check out 33fuel.com they do have a whole vegan product range with no chemical taste no junk it is really top quality sports nutrition so you can go and grab some bars or even better grab yourself a bundle and if you use the code inside try 33 then you will get a discount at checkout so whatever you choose to go and buy go over and use the code inside try 33 for a discount at checkout at 33fuel.com time for this week's interview Back in 2010, Jake Birtwistle earmarked the Tokyo Olympics as 
his year. The Australian was 15 years old at the time and hadn't yet fully committed to triathlon. A decade on and the now 25-year-old heads into the Olympic year as one of the world's best triathletes. He counts the likes of Mario Mola and Vincent Luis amongst his training partners and in 2019 he picked up his first victory on the WTS circuit with a win in Leeds. You definitely wouldn't want Jake chasing you down off the bike in Tokyo. He comes from a really strong running background and was actually crowned Australian junior champion 11 times over middle to long distance events. Jake's part of Joel Filiol's squad and he spends a lot of his time in Europe and with that squad environment with Joel but I caught up with him away from that usual in-training environment at the very end of November when I was in Australia. I'm at home in Launceston, in Tassie. Yeah, we're kind of uh, a long way away from everything here, like Australia and uh, Tasmania, I guess, a little bit more so. So uh, a bit removed from everything triathlon, I suppose, in terms of like my coaching and training group. But uh, yeah, thankfully this time of year, I guess it's not too much of a big deal. And I bet it is one of the most amazing places to train. It is really, really good, yeah. I'm always super thankful to like be here like this time of year and yeah, be able to enjoy like the nice quiet country roads. Uh, it's definitely a lot different, I'd say, to most other places in Australia, which is really nice. Have you managed to convince Joel yet to bring the squad down there? Uh, we're working on it. <laughs> There's a, there's a few uh, Aussies in the group now, so um, yeah, we have a bit more, I guess, power in that, but uh, yeah, at this stage, we, uh, we travel to them still, but maybe one day. <laughs> one day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> you started off as a, as a runner, didn't you? So did you run from the age of like seven, eight, nine? Uh, yeah, so I was kind of involved in, I guess, bits and pieces like with sports growing up um doing like little athletics and things like that uh eventually just like kind of progressed pretty naturally through just like a school cross-country race and then go to like the regionals and I did well there so I got to the next one and then did well there so got to the Australian champs and I was kind of doing that uh since I was about 10 I guess um with like no training I was just kind of I guess naturally pretty fit from running around all the time um and yeah it kind of all happened pretty naturally with running and I kind of just stuck with it and over the years obviously started training and got a bit serious with it um but yeah I was doing it well, thankfully for my coach uh he was setting me swimming and biking as cross training just oh, really? while I was younger while I was younger he just didn't want me doing too much miles on the run um so that kind of again like progressed very naturally into doing some triathlons for I guess for fun um and then uh, that's kind of just grown into where I am now and I got to the point I was probably about 18 I think when I decided I was going to fully commit to triathlon and stop the running training like specific run training um stop racing and uh be a triathlete so and now we're here and had you got a little bit bored of just running then when you were sort of 17, 18? Uh, no, I still enjoyed it. Um, but I think I was kind of at that point uh, where I would have had to really step it up a bit more, I guess, and start doing a lot more miles. Um, 
yeah, like double run days and I guess kind of drop off with the biking and swimming and I kind of just thought I enjoyed I enjoyed it too much to stop. Um, and at the same time, I guess uh, I was optimistic that I could actually be quite good at triathlon as well. And had your the coach who had sort of set you the cross training when you did then make the switch? Was he like, "Oh, good on you, Jake," or was he like, "Oh, I shouldn't have set you all that stuff"? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he was uh, he was on board with it as well. Uh, so he was like a family friend and still is. Uh, and yeah, he yeah basically has said that it could have gone either way, I suppose. Um, and he would still say I could have been a great runner, but um, yeah, I think. Uh, Looking back, I'd say I made the right move to to be a triathlete for me. I love it. He mu- he must be so proud of you now. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and it's kind of I guess it's strange because people you have so many people, or I do, that have kind of been there since day one when I was like super young, doing it, um, but really having no idea what I was doing, um, and are still pretty involved, uh, or we still definitely keep in contact uh, now, which. Yeah, I guess it's you don't really think about it too much from my point of view, but uh, yeah, it's just nice to have people, I guess, from day one that are still kind of there supporting and giving advice when needed. And who are there any? Who who were some of those names that are still doing that now? Uh, so Kim Gillard was my running coach, um, and uh, Craig Redman was my triathlon coach when I was a junior. Wow, and they're still still following. So then, how did you end up? going to the Joel Filial squad? Um, so I trained with an Australian coach for a few years uh, and uh, basically wasn't enjoying it. I didn't, didn't really like the environment and wasn't 100% confident that it was right for me in terms of the actual training as well. Um, and I think once I kind of had that in my mind and I was kind of still doing all the training and had but just had that kind of negative mentality towards it i suppose uh there's only so far you can go so eventually um yeah made the move and uh we had the triathlon australia high performance director at the time ben gathercole was really supportive of me moving away from an australian high performance group and kind of i guess recommended joel and uh yeah we met up on the gold coast uh in 2017 after the world series race and kind of didn't look back since then i pretty well joined him the next week uh through correspondence and then a month later i was in europe with his group wow and that must have been quite a big leap for you yeah yes and no i suppose like with the group i was already with um we we still traveled a lot uh we were overseas for most of the season still so uh it was a similar kind of lifestyle, I guess, but um, yeah, it was a it was a big move. But for me, it was more a relief to kind of get out of that environment and be somewhere where I was a lot more, I guess, positive and enjoying the training a lot more. Which uh, obviously is a huge thing when you you're putting in so many hours. You need to be loving what you do, otherwise, it's just not gonna you're not gonna get the results that you would like. Do you think would you would you have quit? Do you think had you not gone to Joel? Uh, I'm not sure if I would have quit. It's hard to say, I guess, looking back. Like, I definitely wouldn't have stayed where I was, though. So whether, like, Joel wasn't my, I guess, I'm going to Joel or I'm quitting. Mm. It was, I guess, I'm getting out of here or I'm quitting. 
Yeah. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? That the difference then that the right environment for for you can make. Yeah, yeah, it makes uh, makes a difference. And like, I don't want to like badmouth it too much because I was with that group for. I think almost four years and I kind of took me from a junior athlete still to like a competitive senior triathlete um, and I learned a lot but I guess the time was just right to, for something new. So what is it like then training day in day out with um, uh, it is like the, the powerhouse isn't it of triathlon Joel squad so with Vincent Louise and Mario Moller and what's it like for you? Uh, yeah it's amazing uh, to be a part of a group that's um, well, this year especially, like pretty well dominated the World Series between the the men and the women, um, and it's it's good. It's really a positive environment, and it's great to be able to put in the work with your your toughest competitors and kind of, I guess you know everything that what you're doing, you know what they're doing, so you kind of pick up on on things that I guess you can use to your advantage on race day as well. Obviously, they are doing the same for you, so it almost, I guess, cancels out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's great to, I guess, know that and take confidence that you are doing the right thing because you're with the best in the world every single day. And do you all get on and then <laughs> but come race day, then it's like game face? Um, yes and no, I guess. Like, we would still... Uh, Obviously, it's a very individual sport. So, um, but yeah, like we would train together until the day before, um, and then yeah, even like race day warming up, like we'd go for jogs together, and you're kind of still having a chat, and you're all friends. Um, I guess once the the gun goes and the race is off, things are a, a slightly different because you are trying to really expose their weaknesses, and I guess obviously you're you're racing for yourself, not for them. Um, so you want to be doing everything you can. But, uh, yeah, sometimes situations kind of come up where you're relying on the, the help of them as well. So you are, like, in if you're uh, yeah, off the back, I guess, on the bike, which has happened uh, a couple times this year. I was able to rely on uh, Mario Moller and Yella Gines from, uh, from Belgium to uh, kind of the three of us work together and kind of try to get ourselves back into the race. So, uh yeah, it's interesting. I guess you have the the rivalry, but at the same time, I'd say we almost have more of a camaraderie that kind of cancels it out. And and what's it like? I mean, I guess it must be quite different having the international training group there compared to if you were still just only surrounded by fellow Aussie athletes. Then that must make things a little bit trickier for going into an Olympic year. So like being with the international group must make it slightly easier in a sense yes and no it's same kind of thing i suppose like it's it has its advantages and disadvantages um obviously yeah going towards the olympics uh we're all going for different teams or mm. pretty much there's a few like double countries that double up um australia being one of them um but yeah i guess we're all kind of going there and i think that's what helps as well like we're all using the same motivation um and we're not we don't have to fight each other for it so we can all i guess try and get to tokyo and prepare as a group i guess as best as possible without really having to worry that vincent's going to take my spot or mario's going to drop me out of the team and things like that so yeah what is the selection policy for australia or, or when are you going to find out about selection for tokyo 
Yeah, so we had a pretty tough uh, criteria this year. There was only one opportunity for automatic selection, and that was at the Tokyo Test event uh, this year, and we had to be top three. Uh, so it was quite a lot tougher than years past, where there was a couple opportunities, and I think you had to be top eight other years. Um, so yeah, it was a tough one, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, no Australians uh, were able to to kind of tick that box in Tokyo. So now it's uh, 100% just selectors' discretion. So we'll have no yeah, no future uh, selection races or any real criteria, I suppose. Um, so we kind of, at, at the moment, just have to kind of prepare for Tokyo and almost hope for the best, I'd say. Um, and, yeah, we'll find out about four or five weeks before the Olympic Games, so quite late. Oh, my God. And I guess that's massively different to, say, the Commonwealth Games, which you were involved in at the Gold Coast. Yeah, so with the Commonwealth Games, I was selected 12 months out. Um, so it's, I guess, yeah, complete opposite of that. Uh, now it's kind of going down to the wire, um, which is tough, but I guess uh, that's the position we're in um, and we just have to deal with it. Like We have to move forward preparing for Tokyo as if, as if that's the case anyway, and we are going. Um, and I suppose, yeah, if worst case comes, then uh, you deal with it at the time. But, yeah, you need to be ready then. Um, and obviously you need more than a month to get ready. Yeah, totally. And, like, with, um, you know, with all, like, the governing bodies, obviously you'd have sort of sports psychologists and things like that. Do you think they'll, like, will it be a little bit different in terms of prep then this time? when they're working with you because you because you don't know um i'm not sure like we definitely have like the support you need i guess um if you're the kind of person that would uh, i guess struggle in that situation um and i guess i'm kind of thankful as well after the the couple of seasons i've had um 20, 2018 and this year um that I know I'm, I guess, doing the right things to kind of put my really put my hand up and get myself on the team. Um, but yeah, it is hard to know that kind of anything can happen, and I guess it is a little bit different to if we we knew earlier. But um, yeah, I guess I didn't uh, perform as as I would have liked in Tokyo this season, um, so I've only got myself to blame, I guess. <laughs> and and you were it was ten years ago, wasn't it, that when you were fifteen. And you had a conversation with with someone about Tokyo, didn't you? Yes. Uh, yeah. So we, uh, I guess this was early days for me as I, when I was a junior in triathlon. Um, and Pete Robertson, um, one of Australia's greats, uh, three-time world champion, was doing a training camp for me and a couple of other athletes here in, in Launceston where we live. Um, and it even back then, I get we sat down and kind of looked at how old I would be for each Olympic Games, and I guess set out like a, a long, long-term plan. Um, and yeah, we said all the way back then that Tokyo was the Olympics for me. Um, I'd obviously be 25 next year, so that's I guess really starting to come into that prime age for this sport. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been a long time coming, I guess, but uh, the last few years have definitely flown by, and I feel like it's it's right around the corner now. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. 
featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's mad, isn't it? That, like, when, you, you know, when you're 15, it's like, that's my goal. It's going to be that year, and that it's just constant chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Yeah, it is. And, like, obviously, like, I don't think about it too often, but when you do, it's like, there's so much that was between uh, then and now. Um, but at the time, you don't really reflect on it too much because you always are kind of chasing that next thing and there's that next event to focus on. So you kind of, it all kind of flies by, I suppose, yeah. And does, does Pete ever send you a little, you know, text? Uh, we don't keep in contact much now. Um, yeah, not really. I haven't spoken to him for a couple of years probably. He'll be he'll be following in Tokyo next year, Jake. <laughs> I'm sure he would be. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were um, like growing up in Tassie, did you have anything to do with Camworth? Um, not really. No, um, I didn't. Cam's obviously a fair bit older than me. Mm. Um, so yeah, we never really had much to do with each other until the last few years, I'd say. Um, yeah, when he was, or maybe it was when he was still cycling, um, I would join every now and then uh, when those guys were home, like Richie Port as well, and we'd go for some, for me, some very long rides. I was going to say, I, did you join them on their crazy, like, what, two, 300k rides? Not not any of those ones. I went on the recovery days of uh, 130, which was uh, the longest ride I've ever done. But Yeah, it's a different world, what some of the sessions that those guys do. <laughs> And and then even now, if I don't know if you are ever in Tassie at the same time, do you kind of do you hook up? Do you train together? Uh, so Cam's home is Hobart, which is about two to three hours from where I am. Um, so we don't do a great deal together, but same thing. Like he'll probably come up, or usually he'd come up to Launceston at some point during the summer if he's at home to kind of go for a ride or something. So uh, yeah, if it kind of works out, we'll try and link up, but. Uh, I'm not actually sure what his plans are this season. So, and he's done a he did a, a World Cup race recently. Did did you follow that? Yeah, I was following. Um, yeah, Cam had told me quite a while ago actually that he was kind of planning to do that and uh, and I guess see how it goes. Um, and yeah, I think it was a, it was a pretty tough ask for him, and I uh, I think he really uh, respects him for throwing himself in the deep end there only a few weeks after Kona. Obviously, it's uh <laughs> pretty different demands for an ITU race than what uh, he'd trained for uh, for the Ironman World Champs. So, uh, yeah, kudos to him for doing that. But, uh, yeah, I think he, he, I guess he experienced it. He knows kind of what he's, what he's in for if he wants to keep going with the ITU and, uh, and yeah, I guess, see what happens. Is there talk of the domestique role? Yeah, that's basically what he's kind of proposed, I suppose, to Triathlon Australia. And that's 
Um, but yeah, obviously, like nothing's guaranteed with TA. Um, and uh, yeah, like the same thing with the selection. Like we won't really know any concrete plans until a month out. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of put his hand up, and they said, sure, like we won't have. Uh, we're not likely going to have many Aussie racing in that World Cup. So uh, he was on that side of the world, so was able to, to get on the start line and have a crack and see how it went. Um, but, yeah. Wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a bad wheel to, um, to, to sit on during the, during the bike leg, would it? Yeah, definitely. He's, uh, he's definitely got a, a strong biking pedigree. So, uh, yeah, if he was around and uh, he was out of the water in good position as well, then, uh, yeah, it'd certainly be a wheel to follow. <laughs> so let's fast forward to, um, to Tokyo hypothetical situation here let's say you and Alex Yi were to get off the bike at the same time how would the run unravel um if I was off the bike with Alex Yi I would be hoping it was a very tough bike um because I think that's uh he's obviously an incredible runner um I guess similar kind of background to myself um from what I know but uh, I guess he kept going that bit longer and kind of progressed to that next stage um where I stopped obviously a bit earlier um but yeah i wouldn't uh wouldn't quite like to be running side by side with him in tokyo uh unless that was a hard bike because i think that's uh that's i guess where he's vulnerable and i, I guess you would like to be off the bike ahead of him <laughs> yeah ideally ideally you'd want to be ahead but uh if not you'd want him to be i guess uh pretty fatigued coming into transition too do you ever think, oh, I would have been quite nice to have, you know, doubled up, for example, at the Commonwealth Games and done triathlon and the track, or, or are you just like, no, really happy, just 100% on, on triathlon? Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing. Uh, I think I've definitely made the right decision in coming to tries. Uh, but yeah, like I definitely miss running. Um, and at the Commonwealth Games, I remember watching the 5,000 and watching three guys race that I used to race against as juniors and we kind of grew up together from that yeah like 10 years old up to or up to wherever we are now um and following them and racing against them over the years so it was uh I guess a kind of what if moment so I wonder if I kept up the running uh where I would be in this race but uh yeah I'm pretty uh pretty content uh, as a triath doing triathlon um I'm not sure it's really possible to uh focus on the two i think the demands for running 10k in a triathlon are a lot different to running 10k on the track so uh would definitely make it quite a challenge and what about the uh the mixed relay how like how excited are you about that being in tokyo as well yeah it's really exciting to have the relay there um well, first of all it's a, another opportunity to win an olympic medal uh, and compete at the olympics uh uh, it's an awesome event, and I think everyone kind of would agree with that. Like the spectators seem to love it. Uh, it's because it's always changing, um, always something happening in a mixed relay race, uh, and you never really know what's how it's going to play out until that last moment and until the athletes have crossed the line. So, yeah, I really like it. Um, I enjoy the kind of vibe you get with a mixed relay. Obviously, racing, you're racing individually, but for three other people as well so it's uh it's pretty cool and it really i guess helps get the most out of you to help them as well and in the at the commonwealth games in the gold coast 
obviously you got silver in the individual and then Australia won gold in in the mixed relay. How did the two medals compare for you? Um, tough question. I guess uh, for me, probably the silver from the individual. Um, I, I guess hold a little higher. Um, and I guess there's probably a couple of reasons, but one major reason is in the relay, uh, I suppose there's you're only 25% of the race. Uh, and on individual, I uh, kind of did everything I could to have the best race and was able to come away with the silver. Um, in the, and I guess I had to fight for that silver. And that's another thing. Uh, in, the, in the relay, Australia pretty well had the race wrapped up before I even started, um, which was amazing. And it meant I was able to really enjoy it and kind of embrace the Australian crowd in the gold medal position uh, to finish off the race. But uh, two, I guess, very different kind of experiences, but both uh, both amazing results that I'm proud of. Totally, totally, totally. And were you happy overall with your 2019 season? Yes and no, I guess. There was a lot of things that I think need to improve uh, moving forward. And I think it's that's pretty clear looking at my results sheet for the year. Um, there was some shockers uh, where we just the, we didn't get things right. And I got to a race either yeah too, too overcooked, too fatigued, or, or maybe the opposite. I got to a race not having been fully prepared. And... Uh, yeah, I guess the thing is racing on the World Series that there's no real opportunity to, to go there if you're not 100% ready uh, because you're going to get shown up and that was that was definitely the case. Uh, but I guess in contrast to that, when, uh, when things went well, um, they couldn't have really gone any better. Obviously, got my first win in Leeds and then was able to, to back it up and win again in Hamburg. Um, it was amazing to to finally, I guess, stand on top of the podium in the World Series, in a World Series event. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's, I'm really proud of those races and I learned a lot from the others. So, I guess, looking at it like that, like, great, great, that's great moving forward to kind of know, know what worked and know what didn't. Um, but obviously, and I think being an athlete as well, you always want more from yourself. Um, so, I guess that's kind of how it sits. I wish... I had that consistency still there this year, um, but at least I'm glad and I got the reassurance that when things went well, they went pretty well. And what would you say you have learned or you will be taking the most into the 2020 season? Um, I guess it was about just uh, a, a bit of travel, things that logistically were quite tough and quite demanding. Uh, looking at, say, the Edmonton race, which I eventually I didn't finish. I pulled out during the bike, uh, which I hate to do, but looking at the situation and uh, looking at what was ahead with the Tokyo test event, it was pretty clear to me that that was the priority. So to, to kind of back off that day, uh, pull out of the race and kind of put it behind me, move forward to uh, training for Tokyo. And uh, I guess you could almost see that happening in the lead-up We'd just spent just over a week at altitude, so recovering from Hamburg, going, traveling to America, to altitude, and then taper racing. 
So it was kind of it was all I guess stacked against me at that point. Um, so it's almost not surprising, yeah. but one of those things I. I guess I still hadn't lost hope that I could do a ride in the series. So I kind of pushed that I wanted to go there and race and hopefully race well. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. But uh, I guess looking back, things are easy to say, oh, we shouldn't have done that. But at the time, yeah. um, you kind of always are hoping for the best, I suppose. I guess like roll on 2020. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I like, again, it's it's great to, I guess, pick up on these things yeah, a year out from the Olympics so we can kind of put that behind us and move forward doing what we know and doing what we know works. What three things? You mentioned there that like you do loads and loads of triathlon. Um, and Sorry, loads and loads of travel. Clearly you do triathlon, you're a triathlon. Yeah. You do loads and loads of travel. Um, and I was wondering, Jake, what three things would you always take with you like not triathlon related though i do obviously travel a lot um i counted oh i have actually been keeping count this year and yesterday i took my 48th flight for the year that's Um, a small small carbon footprint yeah well yeah unfortunately (laughs) but uh, i guess that's part of the part of the job um and i one more trip for the year so i will crack the half century um (laughs) but yeah so uh Three things I'd take. Uh, I always like to have a camera. Um, so I'm kind of, yeah, I guess pretty into photography as a kind of escape from triathlon and escape from training. Just uh, going away with, or yeah, walking around the city and taking some photos, I guess kind of just helps me refresh, kind of clear my mind of, I guess, the demands of what is uh, a pretty tough sport. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, second thing, uh, I don't know if you kind of count this like it's on my phone, but music, uh, always need to travel with music or something to listen to to kind of, and as, as well, being away, being away from English speaking countries a lot of the time, you don't really watch much TV or anything. So I always like to have music playing as kind of a background thing. And a third thing, uh, I don't know. <laughs> My, I'm, I'm, I could probably name a hundred things, and if you'd see how I, uh, how I travel, I'm not good at packing lightly. Um, uh, so I'm definitely known for always having to pay overweight baggage fees. So that's a bit of a killer for me traveling so much. But um, yeah, I, I haven't uh, quite learned the art of packing only the necessities. <laughs> so what, what extra stuff do you take? Oh, good question. I feel like when I'm packing, I'm like, oh, this is great. And I always, I'm a bit OCD with it, I suppose. I always have it all laid out on the bed before it goes into the suitcase. And I'm always pretty optimistic. Oh, I think I've done a great job this time. And like put it in and then all of a sudden I'm trying to like jump on the suitcase to get the zips closed. Um, I guess I like to be prepared. And uh, traveling so much, you kind of need to have, you need winter stuff, you need summer and running stuff and biking stuff it kind of just really I guess adds up Um, and once you I guess have what you need you end up with a lot yeah it is it's amazing how much like you can think no I need more I need more (laughs) yeah exactly yeah (laughs) there's always always something new what's your guilty pleasure on the turbo you're obviously into your music but do you have a little bit of a guilty pleasure so I haven't got into Zwift or anything um I feel like with traveling so much, it's not really too relevant for me. And when I'm 
in a like a base for a long period it's usually summer so uh i don't have to worry about that so i've never got into that yet um yeah i don't know i really i guess change it up a bit sometimes and i guess it probably depends what i'm doing whether it be just an easy ride or something a bit harder but uh i like kind of old school music i guess like from when i was young growing up like pretty poppy but uh like electric dance music i'm like super into like fat boy slim daft punk that's kind of what i really listen to doing workouts um and doing running as well that's kind of what i would what i'd listen to and your photography do you do you put it anywhere not really i kind of just take it um not even much would really go up on my Instagram. I have a, a few prints on the walls in the spare bedroom at home. But yeah, other than that, I guess I kind of just, I enjoy the process of taking it. I have a few different cameras and I was traveling last year with a with a film camera. So obviously you kind of, I guess, are so involved in the process of taking the photo, but then having no idea really for a long time until you get it developed. And uh, I went, I think, two years before I even bothered to get the film developed because for me, it was almost more about the actual process of taking the shot than uh, actually seeing the result. Were you really surprised? Were you like, I don't remember taking that? <laughs> well, it was actually only about a week ago um, we got some of the stuff back. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. It's cool to, I guess, look back. Um, and I always love having heaps of photos just on my phone to kind of another thing, like when you're on the plane and you're bored and you've watched every movie already twice. Um <laughs> I just kind of will flick through photos and look at kind of the memories of where I've been and what I was doing. Um, so, yeah, photography is a, a thing I love to do, but as well, like, it's it's awesome just to have those memories of what's, I guess, what's happened. Love it. I'm telling you, there's going to be one in there, many, many in there from Japan next summer. <laughs> yeah, hoping, hope so. <laughs> so watch out for Jake Burtwistle this season. It's going to be one hell of a year, isn't it, with the Olympics in Tokyo. But on the theme of photos, now, I'm sure we've all got a favourite racing or training photo. I know I have, and I've put my favourite one up on social media, so you can see it at Inside Tri Show. And I want you to hit me up with your best pictures, and I'll try to share some of them on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, so just head over to at Inside Tri Show or find Inside Tri Show on Twitter and hit me up with your favorite racing or training photo. It doesn't have to be glam, it could be pain face, it could be covered in mud, whatever, but whichever one is your favorite, send it to me. Let me see it. Let's see if we can get like a collage of different photos. Anyway, if you've liked what you have heard, then please do share this episode with a friend. Let me know, let Jake know on social media. And if you could leave a review in Apple, it really does make the world of difference. It puts it up higher in the rankings and people can find it and all that sort of thing. So yeah, anything you can do to help spread the word about Inside Tri Show is massively appreciated. If you want to know more about me, then head over to helenmurray.net and you can find all of the show notes there or at insidetryshow.com. If you want to become a Patreon and support me and support what I'm doing, then head to patreon.com forward slash insidetryshow 
This week's show has once again been powered by 33fuel.com, powerful, tasty and natural sports nutrition. Check out their vegan bundles and use the code INSIDETRY33 to get a discount at checkout and support me too. Don't forget, you can also get 20% off with the code INSIDETRY with our friends over at comfuel.co.uk, like a pick a mix of sports nutrition delivered through your letterbox. Until next week, keep it fun. And we'll speak then. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.